0: This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders and investors about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Garhalter. Welcome to episode number 14 of hitting the mark. It's still such a baby, 14 only. It's crazy. But today we dive into how one can craft a brand that stands out within an entire industry simply by being bold. Those of you who follow me closely know how much I believe in a brand being authentic and direct. And as simple as being bold sounds, It takes a special personality and lots of guts to actually pull it off and to pull it off successfully. Today I talk with Sam Maceo, who is co-founder and partner of the law firm Wilkmas in San Diego. I learned about his firm while I was doing research for an interview I had coming up on Fabio Palvelli's show and I stumbled upon Sam, who was on that program right before me. He talked refreshingly direct about law for visual artists, so I glanced at his firm's website for about 10 seconds and I knew that I had to have this guy on my show. (laughs) Sam got his start in litigation before diving into the social impact world as legal counsel at Invisible Children. After the organization released the most viral video in history, that's a big claim. But if I tell you what it was, you will agree it was Coney 2012, which is quite amazing. He currently spends his time sending gifts and not shifts, which is very important to him, <laughs> to clients in between filing trademarks and drafting contracts. He has also served on some legit local boards like TEDx San Diego and Think Dignity. Fun fact, he learned to do a standing backflip for a Teen Wolf costume. And in the few weeks that I have now corresponded with him, I can attest to the gift-sending habit, but have not witnessed the Teen Wolf backflip
1: yet. With that being said, welcome to the show, Sam. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Excited to talk about our brand and and all the things that that means. (laughs) Absolutely. So first
0: off, when when I saw your site, which I mentioned, right, I was just Immediately in awe of what you did from a branding side, which we will dive into shortly, but rather important to mention and in full transparency to our listeners, in the few weeks from when I booked you on the show to today, I actually ended up hiring you to review a massive contract of ours, which not only speaks volumes about how branding actually leads to sales, <laughs> but further, you were reviewing my contract verbally, so via dictation or voice, since you had a really bad cooking accident on Mother's Day, I learned, and, and you were not able to use your right hand, still are not able to use your right hand. And that speaks volumes about you as a person and how much you actually care about your client. So, how are you recovering from a peculiar accident in, in the kitchen that most probably completely disrupted your your own brand for a little while?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you checking in on that. It's, it's definitely been an adjustment. And I think that, you know, one of the things that our brand does is hopefully demonstrates sort of who we are, because I think at the end of the day, one of the things that we'll touch on is transparency. And, and so in that same vein, you know, as soon as this accident happened, I had a short sort of debate in my own head about whether or not to let people know that this has happened because we're a small team. We're a team of three lawyers. And if one person has the loss of the ability to use one of their hands, I could see where that would go a long way to maybe uh, degrade the confidence in in our firm and our work that our clients may have and that our partners may have. and And so I went back and forth a little bit. but, Uh, like I said, it was a short debate because at the end of the day, you know, that transparency is going to be the one of the most important things to us and to our clients. And so I want them to know what's going on, both from the perspective of I care about my clients as people, as humans, as friends. And I think a lot of them do the same for me and for my staff. And so um, beyond just notifying them for that reason, I thought it was also important to let them know that, you know, maybe there will be a few less gifts and maybe there will be um, some oddly capitalized uh, text in my emails because I'm using voice to text and so um, it's it's definitely been an adjustment um, you know I, I think I'd be lying if I said Game of Thrones that night didn't influence my use of the knife in the kitchen that day and so maybe I can blame it on, on that and HBO but I'm doing well <laughs> Well needless to say I'm sure you
0: unsubscribed from HBO now that like everyone else <laughs> right <sighs> well um, yeah I mean look look I, I think that the way the way that you handled that and I was actually part of that because at that point I was already you know a client of yours you know like well last week right Um it's it, it is so true that you know people don't people don't hire the brand they fall in love with with you know what with what you say and how you how you say it as a brand but then they get to know you and in the end they deal with you and people like you otherwise they wouldn't work with you right I mean that's just the truth that's how it works right and people have a lot of empathy especially when you portray your brand in such a transparent and authentic manner and you know. I mean, on, on your site, you, you greet visitors with the line, uh, and I love that, we're just like you, but lawyers. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: And once once you actually dive into the site, you see an area called a lawyer's shit, which is an assortment of visual notes. Many of them are GIFs. Um, and. Now that I started working with you, my client dashboard has the same name. So when I get to look and and the audience has to realize, you know, like how this is so different. So when I get to look at mundane yet super critical contracts that you send me... um, you actually you actually push me into an area called lawyer shit. So, on lawyer shit, I see my contracts. And you further explain on your side that we think anyone taking a risk and doing something different deserves bitching lawyers. Well, I feel that you yourself are doing something quite different. How did this all start? And like, how was that bold language being crafted?
1: Yeah, great question. So, Yeah, and and a real quick plug for our own services is that that legal locker is what you're referring to. It's something that we give to all of our clients that houses all of their legal documentation and it does have a big banner that says lawyer shit at the top. And, you know, I think um, I will get around to answering your question, but the lawyer shit thing is so interesting because, um, you know, it was one of those things where we went back and forth throughout the branding process. And I think, you know, there comes a point where you have to make a decision and you touched on a little bit in the intro, but you have to make a decision on whether or not you are going to go for it and whether or not you are going to be bold because you can continue to sort of toe the line and and the status quo is always going to be a very non-offensive, very non-bold, not, it doesn't jump out at you type of website for a law firm and for lawyers. And I think that, you know, that serves the purpose by and large um, for for what lawyers mostly need. And frankly, I want to also recognize and, and acknowledge that as a transactional corporate attorney that helps artists and nonprofits and businesses and startups that we're in a unique sort of field because if we were criminal law or family law, you know, we can't have a fun website to the degree that we can with the work that we do. And, you know, the other funny thing about the lawyership piece is that uh, I've had conversations with other attorneys that are more of the traditional approach to the brand and to the style of the practice of law. And uh, they've told me flat out that, that other lawyers have seen that and, you know, we're known as the lawyership guys and that it's totally unprofessional and inappropriate. And so I think that, I had two reactions when I heard that. One is, oh, I kind of wondered what some of the bigger law firms thought of this. And two, I don't really give a shit if they don't like it.
0: Well, and may I add three to this? Um, it actually showed you that it works, right? I mean, if you right. if you get negative resp- a negative response from the ones that, that you want to stand, stand apart from, it's it's the it's the best flattery. I mean then you're like, okay, perfect. This is great because if people start talking about us within the industry that we're different and we want to be different for our creative clients. Perfect, right? Yeah. Haters so, are going to hate. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And they have a good reason. <laughs> yeah, they have a good reason, right? It's it's uh, you know, it's threatening, it's insecurity. It's like, "Oh, wow, like they're they're bold and we're not." So obviously we're not going to like that. But You know, obviously, so you wanted from the get-go be a no BS type of law firm, right? Um, Which now ended up looking like a cool brand, more so than a law office, which is awesome for your creative clients because they themselves surround themselves constantly with cool brands. So you fit right into their life. But how much of that was actually driven by your and your co-founders' personalities versus deeply connecting and understanding that creative target audience, right? I I mean, how did you know, or decide that going that bold would end up winning you even geezer clients like myself? You know, it's like, most others would be so afraid to take that step.
1: Yeah, well, I think we realized at one point, because we had a different brand before the brand that you see now. And it was a little bit more of the traditional approach, but it was still also younger and sort of uh, a little bit more cool or hip or what have you. And so, with this brand, you know, we, we weren't sure necessarily that it was going to resonate with people, but we spent probably, I mean, look, it was definitely longer than we planned on it being. And originally the rebrand was only intended to be an update to our website and that other brand that we had had. And then at some point along the way, and I do have to give a lot of credit to my business partner and co-founder Emily, because she at one point in time said, look, I want this to be fucking art. And, you know, at the time, I think I was like, well, that seems a little over the top. But <laughs> I think as we sort of progressed throughout the process, and we really brought together a team of individuals that were going to help with this. And, um, you know, one of them, his name's Justin Bowery. He's in LA. He's a creative wizard. He had us sit down so many times and really just do sort of like brand identity brainstorming. And, and really, to your point and to some of the topics we'll talk about, uh, it really is more about who we are who we need to be for our clients and really what we are putting out there. Because at the end of the day, I think the epitome of a good brand is that it is a representation of the people behind it and not one that's contrived and not one that's you know, um, inauthentic. It has to actually be you because with lawyers in particular, you know, there's so many stigmas and there's there's so many good reasons for there to be stigmas. And so we realized that people want to work with us because they might want to get a beer with us or go get coffee with us. And so at the end of the day, you know, there's there's a ton of lawyers out there and there's certainly no shortage of lawyers that reach out and, you know, try to get business if you meet them at an event or what have you. And so for us it's it's a lot about do we get along with who we'd be working with? Because another thing that I say all the time is you know, Work is work. Do I enjoy every contract that I draft? Do I enjoy advising on the same type of contractual language four to eight times a week? Maybe, maybe not. But do I enjoy who I work with and that they're trying to change the world and that do, they're doing awesome things? Yes, that I do enjoy. And so I think your brand has to represent who you are because then it brings who you want to work with.
0: I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And and when we ourselves actually as a as a as a brand consultancy are currently going back to that and actually constantly refreshing that too of like who who are we really and how do we want to how do we want to live our days right because in the end you know that's that's how you spend most of your life right doing doing what could be considered work but it doesn't have to be considered work if you actually enjoy the people that you surround yourself with I totally agree with that and absolutely and and on your about page which uh, you titled letter um, you write the following and I will absolutely 100% read this verbatim right now because it is just <laughs> brand language poetry. And it was so good to hear that you spent a lot of time actually massaging that because it definitely shows. So here's, here's, how, here's how it goes. This is that page of the website you always skip. It's a love letter to the anonymous many who mainly avoid having lawyers as friends. If you're being honest, then we have to say that we never originally intended on being lawyers. It turns out that we love it. It turns out that being one is about empowerment more than anything. Money doesn't tell you how to be a person. Red tape doesn't define a business. We're here, frankly, to be your shit umbrella, so you can do your actual work with joy. Leave the paperwork and processes and awkward, stressful, tense emails to us. You have unexpected places to take your crusade or enterprise. The future is always abstract, but your vision isn't. One creative human needs friends to make a vision real. It turns out you need creative lawyers too. The point is, we love you, we hear you, and we want to help you. Signed, just a couple of lawyers with hearts on our sleeves. So mm-hmm. what I'm wondering, so it's it's real, it's real, really, really beautiful, right? Like on, on many levels, and what you just said is totally embodied in this. But what I'm really interested in is how did this narrative that you, you crafted change client behavior? Because you know, I'm wondering, are people opening up? Are they being more authentic in return? Is there a client lawyer wall that that you have successfully smashed solely because of the way you present your brand?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, I, I want to say, and I think this is probably true of any creative process. It takes, like I said, a team, it takes a village. And we had a, an incredible writer and editor that helped us with our site. Her name is Amy Boyd. And I won't, I won't take away from that letter though, because Emily spent a lot of time just with morning pages and writing in the morning. um, And and she kind of came up with this beautiful sort of outline of, of what we're doing. And I think that, you know, through the process of having Amy help and then also the various different brand meetings, we really sort of honed in on that ultimate copy that made it onto the website. And it is, it is beautiful and it's so representative, but it's also interesting because as, your business and as you change your brand has to. And so we're already looking at how we might wanna update that to sort of highlight more of the education that we do now and, and so on. But to answer your question, yeah, I think um, in a, it's a gift and a curse sometimes because I do think that we have much more transparent and authentic conversations with our clients. We certainly feel uh, that we're much more on the same page with our clients. And I think that they feel that probably even more so than we do, you know, at the end of the day, we know what we're doing for our clients and we have our processes and our systems and i think so the 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 difference is with them if if there's a wall that got smashed down it's it's for the client they really feel now like when they sit and they speak with us or when they're talking to us on the phone that it's not this lawyer up here on this pedestal talking down to them the common folk that need the lawyer's help it's we're peers and we're friends and you know we we want to help you out because we care about what you're doing and so I do think that that happened. And and I think, though, that going back to the gift and the curse aspect of it, there is something that comes with our brand and with that sort of um, informality that we also have to make sure that everything we do is so buttoned up and is so pristine and that we are so responsive. Because if we portray a brand of these casual, fun lawyers, and then we screw something up, and not to say that that's something that happens, but you know if we're a little late on a, on a response, if right. we... You know, yeah, if we have a typo in a document or whatever the case may be, it's really easy then for that client to go, oh, well, they're just fun lawyers. They're not good lawyers. And so it, it really is a double-edged sword. And I, and I cringe using that analogy with my hand injury right now. Oh, but, God, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's, it is because, you know, we have to make sure that everything we do is to the utmost level of service in order to make sure that that brand comes across as what I described before, friendly, approachable uh, transparent on the same page because, you know, if, if we do anything subpar, it's it sort of, um, you know, it's highlighted, it's it's emphasized, it's multiplied. And so uh, I do think that our clients do feel like that wall has been sort of taken down, but at the same time, it can go right back up really quickly if if we're not on top of it
0: you're absolutely right. i mean you you're fully you're fully aware of of the danger that comes with it, but you know quite frankly um being being bold and being authentic and 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 being you and being a friend brand in that sense, and I hate saying it that way, but that's what it is <laughs> right um, completely one hundred percent wins over the risk um and I can attest to that because. I have been going through the exact emotions that you're you're sharing now. So when I saw your brand, I'm like, I got to have this guy on my podcast. And then I ran into issues with a contract. I needed it really quickly. I reached out to you. And I was wondering, I'm like well, is that just a cool facade? Is it just a cool brand? And and are these just kids that, that, that are just, you know, like fun? Are they actually like serious lawyers, right? So it is the exact same, you know, hesitation that I had, but it's still 100% won over the, the, the transparency, the boldness. I'm like, I want to work with these guys. Like, it makes sense to me, right? And then, of course, you totally... Um, I'm not gonna make metaphors like you know pulled an arm or like you know what. <laughs> but but you you I mean you just you just came you you just you just totally delivered right. And so that's that's what it's about. But I believe that someone who would be afraid if they would be able to deliver, um, they would just hide under regular law firm website and content, and you know what I mean. Like they would just look like everyone else. So I think that there's something about being so bold that makes me realize. Well, these people know what they're doing. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to pull that off. So question to you um Legal Unicorn um it's it's an attorney network that I think you helped build um, how yeah. did that come about and how do you, how do the Wilkmass and Legal Unicorn brands interact
1: Yeah you know I'll I'll start with the Legal Unicorn society is kind of a passion project and I think it's also a really necessary addition to professional services generally speaking not just the legal industry and and look I would be I'd be lying if I said we're you know full steam ahead with the legal unicorn society because it it's been difficult to do that and you know because we've got to run the law firm I do a lot of local advocacy work through another nonprofit that I helped found and then with legal unicorn society we did we actually filed all the nonprofit paperwork for it we we co-founded it with a number of other lawyers and um, the reason that I say it's such a necessary thing for professional services is that what ends up happening, I think, and especially nowadays, is that the trend at least is toward smaller mom and pop, for lack of a more modern term for a small business that that cares and is kind of family values. Um, it, it, that's kind of where we're going with most of the, you know, what we call the millennial generation. But I think that, that's, that spans a good segment of our workforce nowadays. And so it's People that do several different things, or they have their own small business while they do other jobs. And so I think that in doing that, one thing that is lost is that with giant law firms, if you go to a giant law firm and you need help with A, B, and C, they can also do X, Y, and Z because they're a gigantic law firm with a million lawyers. And so we don't, yeah, we don't have that. And so one of the reasons that this sort of came about was we needed to have that sort of big law firm feel while still maintaining small law firm prices and that small law firm approach to the service for our clients. And so we just started to realize that there were a couple other law firms out there that were doing it like we're doing it. And I think that, you know, traditionally you're going to hear someone say, Oh no, there's a, there's a competitor brand out there. And uh, frankly I could give no shits less about there being competitors uh, that look and brand themselves and treat their clients the way that we do. As Mm -hmm. a matter of fact, I think that that's the way I'd love to see the industry go. And we have interns every semester because we want to show the younger generations of lawyers that you can do it this way and that you can have fun doing it. And so when we found these other brands that were doing it in a fun way, there's Framework Law in LA, there's um, Kyle Westaway in New York, there's a few of them out there. And we just wanted to make sure that we maintain a network with these other law firms because a we can all learn from each other b we can all share clients if we have different expertise and c like we don't we can't walk down the hallway and talk to another attorney in our big law office and go hey am i crazy or like you know wh- what have you seen on this type of thing and so we have that now with the legal unicorn society and there's you know there's other benefits that we hope to achieve as far as like discounts on group rates for different professional services and we want to do retreats and we you know we did an event in Venice last year That we called the Legal Unicorn Academy, where we did a day-long event teaching people about finance, legal wellness. Um, You know, we had meditation. uh, We had branding consultants come in, and and we did the whole deal. And so, we really just formed that nonprofit uh, to, I guess, add more value um, both to our profession, but also to the the people we serve.
0: Very, very cool initiative, and and it makes so much sense. Everything everything you said and it's 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 again it's part of your of the defense mechanism that that kind of like you know like like is being triggered where you know you're small you're doing something different you're going against the grain who else is doing this it's let's kind of like let's let's all join forces so that so that we're bigger right like that we can actually like utilize um each other um and the strengths of each other it's great so um with with that being said, you're you're very much like myself. You're you're a serial entrepreneur, you know, like you, you have ideas, you, you want to push them out, you want to actually create businesses, um, you know, like like you know, like legal unicorn society, um, which, as you said, there's already enough on your plate, and why do you do it? Well, you just have that urge, right? And that's why I love having people like you on, because this this show is definitely for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. But what was a ginormous brand fail that you went through, right? Like things go wrong. And with your brand specifically, like I'm wondering, did you ever overstep it or was this something where you just felt like, oh, now now we should just take a step back?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I had seen that question when you had sent it over in advance and I was trying to think through, um, you know, and I'm, I, I certainly uh, don't want to act like there hasn't been any fails in, in my professional career. And I think... Um, if I had to point to a sort of a brand fail for us, um, you know, I would I would have to probably say that uh, right now the brand that we have doesn't highlight a couple of things well enough, and it, it obviously like overall our brand is a is a total smashing success, um, and and I'm very thankful for that. But I I do think that if I pointed to you know the things that come to mind are it took us forever to get it out, and we actually. Um, the, the update to the website that we were originally going to do that then sort of morphed into a rebrand was to get our associate attorney at the time on the website, and he ended up leaving before we even got the rebrand done. And I, <laughs> and I would say that, like, that's a peripheral brand fail. Um, and then I would say also that I, I really don't feel like, you know, and I get mixed feedback when I say this, but I don't know if I feel like my um, the brand currently demonstrates enough How much we care about our clients, and that we really, really feel as though our value is that we educate our clients along the way. You know, I really have come to the conclusion that the way we represent our clients is that we help them, usually at an early stage, with everything that they need to get set up for the short and long term. And in doing so, we really educate them on all those steps. At least I hope that this is the case. And in doing so, they may not need us, uh, you know, anytime soon or again at all. And that's totally fine. We just want them to tell a friend so we can help that friend in that same position. And I think that our website could do a better job of highlighting that educational component and that empowerment component. And I, and I do think that like just from, you know, I, there's too many pictures of my face and my business partner's face on this website. That's the other thing that I think would be a slight fail is that I'd love to highlight and, and lift up our clients a little bit more and our staff a little bit more.
0: That makes a whole lot of sense. It's not necessarily a fail, but I love I love that story, right? Because it, it was a little bit out of your out of your control, most probably when you did the the, the rebrand um, uh, for one reason, and then it ended up, um, you know, actually, you know, for, for for a different reason. But I mean, I'm I'm so glad that you did because that's how I found you, and I think it is it is. So noble the way that you approach this um, when I do my workshops with my clients it's those notorious eight hour workshops <laughs> where, where I, where I oh, like yeah. pull pull the company out of them right like create you know like help them create the brand and define who they are and one of the things that we do is is a memorial speech and and so it's basically sitting down of like okay twenty thirty years from now fifty sixty years from now, what would you tell an audience if your brand doesn't exist anymore and why does it not exist anymore and what are they actually missing and what happens very often these days is that clients say exactly what you just said where well I hope we're just not necessary anymore right I hope that in 40 years from now everyone's going to have learned so much from us that they don't need us anymore or that you know everything is just honest or law is just changing or whatever right so I think that that idea that you actually want to educate your clients rather than you know dictate onto them you know what they need to forward to, to their clients to get a contract signed um is a huge is a huge huge brand trait, um, and and I, I totally agree with you. Like celebrating that on your website and celebrating your clients, um, you know, obviously mainly myself, I think would be a noble thing for you to do. <laughs>
1: um, well, and they, and brands have to change, you know. I mean, sooner or later, yeah. I think you referred to yourself as a geezer earlier on this call, which you're you're way too young to be doing that, but. Sooner or later, you know, myself and my staff, and we're going to be geezers too. And the website won't be cool with if, you know, it looks like it's a young, hip website with a bunch of old people and in the photos. And so, you know, brands and things change. And so, you know, I think every brand has a shelf life. And that's something that we all have to acknowledge and be aware of too, because then it becomes inauthentic if we just leave it and set it and forget it.
0: Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And that's why, you know, most of the people that I speak to on this podcast, they do say that. They say that every year we meet and we look at our brand and we say, is this still us? Does this still represent us? Um, and it's such an important exercise to do, uh, especially also for brand agencies, right? Like like people like me who do that every day with others, but it's so hard to do it for yourself, right? Um, so it's, it's, it's a super important lesson to learn. Is there any brand advice that you have for founders? as as a takeaway
1: um you know i think it's really important when it's founders plural that uh, just period kind of hard stop there because i think that you always have to have a balance and i do think that this brand would not be nearly as impactful and nearly as bold if it wasn't for emily and i think that we probably would have went too far over the top in some areas if it wasn't for me and so i think that it's super important to make sure that you have that balance amongst founders and i think that most success, successful businesses that is part of what makes them successful is that you have that you know counterbalance of the personalities that run the business and so um you know i think at the end of the day that that's probably what what steered us in the direction that we went and, and a lot of the time you know i was blown away by the creativity that i saw coming from the team that we put together and coming from emily but then there were other times where i would have to say look I know for a fact that that will not be helpful for us in certain situations that we deal with for our clients. And so there's there's that competing interest, of course, right, of of making sure that the website represents us, but then also making sure that it doesn't hurt our clients when we're doing work for them and, and we're supporting them. Because one thing to this day that I that I still have to tell my clients is, look, if you need us to send a demand letter or a cease and desist letter and someone looks us up, we're not the scariest law firm out there, so you may actually want to work with a different firm for something like that
0: hmm interesting and that's and that's where you have your your um legal unicorn society where you might be able to like reach out to them or then like they they refer you to someone who looks really you know like big and lean uh, big and mean right so totally um. So a place for it, you know? yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think, you know, most probably with your continuous rebranding, there's always a way to kind of like balance, balance one and the other, right? Um, besides a whole lot, what does branding mean to you? I know it means a whole lot to you, but but what to, to you and to your firm and what you've been going through in the last, um, you know, months or, or years, what does it mean to you? How important is it to you?
1: I mean, it's one of the most important things, but then also at the same time, you know, as I said that I wanted to sort of catch myself because the most important thing is the work that we do, right? And the service that we provide. But I I think that you can look at brands as the storefront nowadays. And so you, you think to the past and you think about businesses and how tremendously important that sign out front is and what the windows look like and what you know how nice the storefront looks and is kept up and so nowadays that that's our storefront is our brand and so if you you know depending on the day you catch me and you talk to me um, some days I'm going to say it's the most important thing because look we wouldn't be sitting here right now doing this um, you know you wouldn't have hired me last week to to work on something for you uh, had we not had a beautiful storefront on the internet and so but on another day you know you might talk to me and I might say look it's the icing on the cake. If someone hears about the work we did for someone else and that person was thrilled and that's why they recommended us, then the website is just the cherry on top. It's the icing on the cake when they go and they say, oh, I heard good things about them and oh shit, their website's really cool too. So I I think you know maybe this is a non-answer because I'm saying it's both tremendously important and also not important at all. But I think that somewhere in between is the truth. And I think that you can't do business nowadays without some kind of brand, whether or not that means that there's a visual presence or just that's your personal brand and how you interact with people. So I think it really depends on, on which way you look at it, too. Because, um, you know, sometimes I think about how there's a lot of lawyers that just do their work through word of mouth referral, and they don't even have a website. Right. And that doesn't mean, yeah, that doesn't mean that they don't have a brand. I'm, I'm sure if you talk to people and you talk about how that lawyer interacts with their clients, you know, they must be doing something right in order to not even need that storefront. And so they have a brand too, and it's just a more interpersonal brand. And so I really think that depending on any way you break it down, uh, brands are, are tremendously important nowadays, and even more so, I'm going to put the lawyer hat on for a second, because with the way intellectual property is nowadays and how, how much harder it's getting to protect your own trademarks and your own brand, it's so much more important to have a brand because the, the market's crowded. And so it's, it's just a difficult thing to have and protect in and of itself.
0: I'm so glad you touched on that. Super, super important. And we feel that every day as we like file for trademarks and as we create brands here, it is getting more and more difficult by by the minute. Um listeners who fell in love with, may I say it, a law firm just now, (laughs) where where can they connect with you?
1: Yeah, so you can, you know, you can find us online at wilkmaz.com. Uh same gonna be for the social media handles. It's gonna be Wilkmaz W-I-L-K-M-A-Z-Z. And then also, if you want to just shoot us an email, uh, whether you need help or you just want to give us a shout, we, we love meeting new people. It's holler at wilkmaz.com, you know, traditional spelling of holler when you want to holler at someone, and then Wilkmaz, like I spelled. So those are some of the easiest ways to reach out to us. Um, you know, we're, it's 2019, if you send us a Facebook message, a social media message, just uh yeah, email, if you reach out through the website portal, we're going to get it and get back to you pretty quickly. Um, that's definitely something that we we find to be tremendously important. Like I mentioned at the earlier part is uh, responsiveness. So um, yeah, feel free to reach out just if you want to say hi. We love meeting other cool brands too. I can attest
0: to the responsiveness. Thank you, Sam, for having been my guest and for sharing what you do, how you do it, and most importantly, the authentic manner in which you do it with my listeners. That was absolutely bitchin' to use your well-crafted brand copy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I'm glad to have uh, had the opportunity to speak with you and hopefully everyone that hears this learns that, hey, you don't have to do it the way that whatever it is you do, whatever profession, you don't have to do it that old traditional way. You can do it whichever way you want and you can be you doing it amen and thank you
0: all for listening and even more for rating my show since i am sure that is exactly what you will be doing right this minute this podcast is brought to you by absolutely no sponsor because i have not had a chance to create an official sponsorship program or to ask for sponsorship so if you're interested reach out you know where to find me the hitting the mark theme music was written and produced by happiness one i will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark